Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village. In person, online, we are glad that you are with us on this Palm Sunday of 2023. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Take a moment and turn to one another and extend the peace of Christ on this happy day. Say hi.
Well, greetings, everyone. We are so glad that, that you are with us. Blessings upon you on this Palm Sunday. Good morning. We've been a, uh, a cautious crowd over, over these months, and if, and if you are still feeling comfortable wearing a mask like Steve is, and I will be wearing a mask on the receiving line, you should feel comfortable. Wear a mask. Be, be in the place that uh, gives you a, a sense of your own um, health safety. Uh, we are, we're happy to gather together masked or unmasked and uh, caring for one another as we get through uh, what remains of this physical challenge upon us and we work hard for the spiritual emotional challenges that we're facing as we come back together as a, uh, as a community of faith in our community here in town and, and as a nation. So blessings upon all of you for turning to God on this Sunday for a, a time of worship. We are entering uh, Holy Week today. Uh, being Palm Sunday, we are uh, going to have a palm procession uh, during the opening hymn. So the, the kids will help us to enjoy the celebration of Palm Sunday by doing that. Um, if there's, I, I don't see any children hanging out in this space to be encouraged to go back. So we're all, we're all on board with that. On uh, Thursday, we will have a Monday Thursday service, which will be a little bit of a Seder kind of a feeling up at uh, St. Matthew's in uh, Newberry Park. It starts at 6.30. I invite you to, uh, to be with us. I know that we were going to have a business meeting that was going to get in the way of us being on time, some of us there, but now some of us no longer have that as an excuse for not making the worship service. So I encourage all of you to try to free your calendar and to be present with us. Um, I have found that if you zoom up Lynn, you can skip a lot of the freeway to get to uh, Wendy. Good Friday service is at our partner church in Thousand Oaks on uh, Jan's. And that service will start at 7. It will be a tenebrae service, a service of decreasing light as we think about Jesus' passion, his crucifixion. Um, today will be communion also. So if you are online with us, I encourage you now to slip back into the kitchen um, and get something that's liquid and something that's a solid. Uh, bread and juice is the tradition, but... Um, we make do with whatever we have nowadays due to the pandemic. So have that at the ready. Uh, we will be having communion later in the service. Those of you who are present here, we are doing communion again, um, lining up in the center, queuing up in the center to get uh, bread and then individual juice things in the front. So you'll be served. Just come forward. You'll be given bread um, and then given a cup to use and these uh, trays on the side are for you to leave the cups after you use it. Um, yet, um, if you don't want to just follow the choir, they'll be the first ones down. If you don't want to do it that way, you may do it in your pews because we still have a good supply of the, uh, saying combo pack doesn't sound right, <laughs> <laughs> right? But <laughs> two, in, two in one packs. And Boyd is here with, with some in a thing. So if you would like to just serve yourself in the pew and not go through the queue 
and uh, perhaps seeing this as more hygienic for yourselves, uh, let Boyd know and he'll raise your hand and he'll, he'll give that to you. And then you just have that in, you can consume the elements in the pew at the same time. All right. All right. Are we good? Easter, we'll have one service, but it will be glorious. The choir will be working overtime, and we thank you for that effort in advance. Um, all right, maybe that's enough. We have, we have uh, welcome cards in the pews, which um, uh, you can see there. So if, if you are new among us, you might want to grab this and fill it out and put it in the offering plate. It's a way for us to know who are worshiping with us, especially if you want us to follow up to your presence and uh, acknowledge you being here and welcome you and uh, give you information about the church if you'd like that. So use those cards uh, if you'd like. All right, I think we're ready to uh, move forward in worship. Let us enjoy the power of the Spirit in our midst through worshiping God. Palm Sunday, one of my favorite days. I'm going off script a little bit here. I just wanted to thank everyone that participated in the Community Cares event we had yesterday. It was quite a success and uh, took a lot of people to do it. And I think it helped connect our church with some of the missions that we serve. And I just wanted to thank everyone. Um, too many people to thank individually, but thank you. It, it was a great event. Thank you. Please stand for the call to worship and remain standing for the hymn and the invocation. Today there's a scripture reading within the call to worship. Live in the Spirit of God and blossom into the fullness of life. Hand in hand, we journey in love toward the blessed community. Hear the witness of Matthew about Jesus on this blessed Palm Sunday. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna 
in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Let everyone praise the Lord. Praise, glory, honor, and might be unto God. Hosanna in the highest. To the Lord, let us pray. Holy and merciful God, we come into your special presence this day, grateful of your forgiveness and love. We aspire to live faithfully. Help us toward that good that we might lead right into darkness and spread home where there is despair. Give us clarity, 
conviction and candor, the hope, fortitude, and love of courageous faith. Amen. story and well I actually just kind of skimmed it over because you know I don't have a lot of time to read through real carefully but I have to tell you there was something going on about branches and an animal 
Riding that animal, hmm. What do you think, Uni? And people that got all excited, right? Did I miss something? Hmm. Well, maybe I missed something in the details there. Why don't we take a moment to talk about what was going on in our passage? You see, what happened in Jerusalem was sort of like a great big parade. Have you ever seen a parade? Well, this was a special sort of procession. It was a parade for Jesus. There were a few elements that are not in our normal parades, like Jesus wasn't riding in a limousine or a convertible. And there were no parade floats. Hmm. You know, Jesus came on a donkey. And my little uni is going to be our donkey today as an example. <laughs> this was important because it showed that he was coming humbly and in peace. A donkey isn't a big, fancy war horse. It's a work animal. And by coming on a donkey, Jesus was showing and doing something that a prophet had predicted long before, long before he was even born. And that showed that God was following through on his plans. Now, while Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, people lined up to welcome him. They put their coats down on the ground, huh, sort of like a fancy red carpet, but also to show that the people respected Jesus and considered him their king. They waved their palm branches. Do yours look like mine? No. And they showed in through the celebration that it was a sign of victory. The people wanted Jesus to bring victory and good things. Well, while they were celebrating, the people lining the path also shouted something. Do you know what it was? They hollered, Hosanna. Do you know what Hosanna means? You know, I hear some of you. It means save us. The people wanted Jesus to save them, and they expected that he would be able to do it. Jesus did come to save but it was not exactly the way folks anticipated. You see, the people in Jerusalem thought that he was gonna be an earthly king and save them from political tyrants who were really mistreating them. And as we know, that's not exactly what happened. Jesus rode triumphantly into town, but by Friday, he was hanging on a cross. He wasn't saving them from the political leaders, but he was saving them from something much bigger and in a way that was much better. It was better than anything anyone could have ever hoped for. You know, sometimes we wanna put our own expectations on Jesus. 
maybe we have an idea about how he should answer our prayers or work in our lives, our churches, our communities. But we get confused and kind of sad when what Jesus does doesn't turn out exactly like we hoped. But friends, we can be assured that God has so much bigger and better plans in mind. He has delivered us and continues to do so. Our job is to continue to follow Jesus. He should quiet down the people and not let them make such a fuss because Jesus said, that if they didn't call out his name, the rocks would cry out in praise and thanksgiving for Jesus. So friends, let us be better than the rocks. We want to proclaim the amazing work of what Jesus has done. We want to declare his power in our lives and in the world. Hosanna! Friends, let us pray. Dear God, thank you for saving us. Thank you for your work in our lives, even in the unexpected ways. Help us to always praise your holy name. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for your son, Jesus. We ask this in his name. And all God's children say, amen. So friends, it is time to go to Sunday school. Your teachers are waiting in the back. And I look forward to seeing you very soon. Have a great Sunday and a great Holy Week. Bye-bye. God, we pray that you would hear the stirring of our spirits, the yearning of our minds, and the hopes of our hearts as we join with one another in prayer this morning. We need your touch to be made real in our lives in a special way in each of our circumstances, and so we open our spirits to your presence, asking that you would give us strength and courage healing, and renewed life. We pray for those around us who are struggling with physical or, or mental health issues, with troubled relationships or uncertain employment, for people who are finding life uncomfortable, finding themselves ill at ease. We pray your spirit would be with them giving them light for their journey forward.
O Lord, hear our prayers. We specifically think of Kathy Drake and Mike Tiabaldi and Sarah Pierce as they continue to deal with the effects of their cancer and their treatment protocols. We pray your strength would be with them as they find their way forward and with their loved ones who live with them in support. O Lord, hear our prayers. For Sandy DeLong as her condition worsens, we pray your strength. O Lord, hear our prayers. For the Craig McIntosh family, Craig, Brian Marbach's first cousin who was killed in a construction accident this week, we pray that his family would be uh, strengthened to face uh, the trauma of this its pain and its deep grief. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Alicia Lopez, who is recovering from a leg fracture, and we pray with Don Phillipson for his friend Joe's nephew, who is recovering from a a terrible motorcycle accident. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think of those who are suffering from COVID, new cases still occurring. We pray that they would get the help that they need, that they would find a way to regain their health. We pray for those caregivers at home and the medical personnel who continue to rally to help us facing this virus. We give you thanks and praise for their good services to us and we pray your care upon those who are suffering the disease. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think about those who are suffering from the extremes of climate around this globe and in our country in our state. We pray that we would learn to treat our home well. We think of those families who are grieving so deeply the ongoing shootings that happen in our schools. This week we think of Nashville in particular and we pray that we would be sensible with one another and find a way forward to value our children. Lord, help us to be better with one another. Help us to care for one another and to build a better community of love and respect with one another. Help us to put away those weapons of hatred or anger that hurt us, that divide us. We seek the miracle of your spirit in our lives that we would create a new world, a better place of love. O oh Lord, 
hear our prayers. We spend a moment now in private prayer thought, lifting up those people and situations that are personally dear to us. into these lives, Lord God, in a special way. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. And we spend a moment to lift up experiences of particular joy that we have had this week and we share with one another. We are thankful for Paul's friends, Steve's good results from a PET scan. It seems that he has his cancer controlled. We are thankful for that. We are thankful for the progress that Steve Ames and Tom Hopkins is making through uh, physical therapy. We pray that you would uh, study their spirits and keep them uh, working towards their improved health. And we give you thanks, Lord God, for the success of yesterday's Community Cares event, the blessings that this has for our community and for people on the margins. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for our church, for its ministries through these times. We ask your help, Lord God, in increasing our effectiveness and vitality for your purposes, bringing forward your will. May the good we do, Lord God, be pleasing in your sight. In your son's holy name, we pray, joining in his prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.
scripture readings today are from the Gospel of Luke and Paul's epistle to the Romans. Hear the words of Luke chapter 15 verses 11 through 17 and 20 through 24. Then Jesus said there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would rather have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. So he set off, and he went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him, and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again he was lost and he is found and they began to celebrate hear the words of Romans chapter 8 verses 38 and 39 for am I for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Father uh, Boyle has, has written a number of books and he's given numerous interviews on his ministries through the Dolores Mission Church and what happens to be called Boyle Heights. That area of Los Angeles between two large public 
housing projects, Pico Gardens and Aliso Village. It's a neighborhood that um, many people, if you don't live there, avoid going to. Gangs ruled many of the streets, and, and yet Father Boyle saw the people there through the eyes of God and extended God's love to them. Each was precious to God, and each had the capacity and the need to respond to that love from God to them. And, and some found it very hard to do, and, and some found it easier to do. And Father Boyle worked to help that process happen as best that he could. He did his best to provide the opportunity for caring and support. And as you, as you might imagine, it has not been an easy ministry for him. Though he would testify, and he does in his books and his interviews, that it has been a gratifying and it has been a fruitful ministry. He says that love has bolstered the courage of his faith to be in ministry in that area. As a, as a young clergy, I recall being fearful, well, being fearful of a lot of things. Um, one of the things I was fearful of was entering a hospital room as a patient was dying. I had had my share of horror films growing up with people dying and then not dying and going like that, jumping out of the bed and spooking you. And there was enough of that inside my head that as this young clergy going into the hospital room, I kind of wondered, well, what, what is really going to happen? having not had the real experience of someone dying in front of me. And so it was with some uncertainty as I began my ministry visitation in hospitals, uncertain as to what actually would really be happening, and whether I had the spiritual strength to be present in that, that big moment. Now, the Spirit reminded me, though, as I prayed about it, that God loved this person in that hospital bed, and so should I, and that God was present here in that hospital room, and so should I be. That love could actually be chosen over fear, even at such a moment. I realized that what was unfolding was as natural and a very sacred moment that all of us would have, a moment of healing and a moment of, of transition that could be bathed in love rather than in fear. Now, love bolstered the courage of my young faith. 
as I walked through the valley of the shadows with that first patient that I was with. And some 45 years later, uh, that moment is still very, very sacred. Though thankfully not fearful anymore for me. In our Lenten sermon series, we are looking at pillars of courageous faith. And we're encouraging one another to be brave followers of Jesus Christ. To be people of courageous faith, regardless of the circumstances in which we journey. Each of the pillars we've looked at aid us in being the kind of disciple that we aspire to be. A disciple that makes a positive difference and brings joy to the heart of God. We started by looking at clarity and conviction and then candor and hope and fortitude. And today we look at the sixth pillar, what I'm calling love, and how love bolsters a courageous faith. Our first scripture from Luke is is the well-known parable of of the prodigal son. And usually this is a scripture that is understood as an example of the power of mercy and of forgiveness. With the father in the story often being linked to God, the prodigal son, to all of us who have sinned by commission, and the older son linked to all of us who have sinned by omission. Yet today I'm suggesting as we think about this scripture that we use love as the operant characteristic of this story. The younger son's love of the good life. Well, that's found to be poorly placed. And coming to his senses, isn't that a marvelous line? Like there was sense in him all along, but he had just packaged it down or turned away from it. And coming to his senses, he realizes how how love was a key virtue of his father. And perhaps, perhaps his father's love had weathered the scandal that he created by saying, you're dead to me, give me my inheritance. I'm out of here. The younger son clings to a courage based on the hope in his father's love that it might still persist for him and indeed how it might actually save And indeed, parental love, we all know, don't we? Parental love bolsters our courage, and it bolstered the father's courage to risk again for his son. He sees his son coming. He's up and he's going. The trust of their relationship had been violated 
yet love still asserted itself. And it propels the father to humiliate himself some more and go running off towards this son. Down the pathway to welcome and embrace his wayward son. Confession and repentance now lead to restoration and celebration. Love is that powerful. Our second scripture from Romans is a passage that I pray is, is one of those that has gotten written onto your heart. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Paul writes beautifully about it. He lists a variety of situations and of entities that, that people might think could come between them and God's love. He lists all of these things. And, and then he emphatically says, no, no way. None of these things. None of these things or anything else that you can think of that you could possibly conjure up in all of creation will be able to separate you from the love of God. Mm. Learn that love. Rest in that love. Rely on that love. Live that love. Have a courageous faith in your life because of that love in your life. Nothing. Not cynicism. Not trauma. Nothing. When we believe Paul's words in Romans, we are more likely to be bold in our lives, to have courage in all things, and to simply let love lead. Mother Teresa is remembered as diagnosing the world's ill in this way. She said, We've just forgotten that we belong to each other. It's a global family tapestry. Relationships woven together by compassion for all the splendid purposes of love. I often wonder about Jesus and the events of Palm Sunday and Holy Week. Kind of wish he had rode into Jerusalem on a unicorn. That, that would have been kind of cool, huh? He had been warned about trouble. He had been warned while he was still up around the Sea of Galilee that he was in for it. The authorities were after him. And indeed, as he crested the 
the top of Mount Olivet and looked down upon the city. He cried over Jerusalem. Not for himself as much as for the people there and how they had killed all the prophets and how they would not listen. He knew there was a reckoning about to happen. Yet, he came down off that mountain and he walked into that city and he embraced his future. How did he do that? How did he do that? What motivated such a courageous faith to walk into the lion's den? I think it was love. I think it was love. It must have been love. What else could do such a thing? It had to be love. Only love could do such a thing as this. O oh, love divine, what hast thou done? The hymn goes. Magnificence. Bono says, magnificence. Only love could do such a thing. Love bolsters courage. Ask any mother that sees her child threatened. Tom Berlin writes, the cross reminds me that the love of Christ, the love of Christ bears all things, endures all things, hopes all things. When I am fearful or anxious, that cross centers me. Its reminder that I am loved gives me courage. God's love in Christ gives us the courage to be people of that kind of love to our neighbors. Love bolsters courageous faith. In the early part of the pandemic, when we were, we were cobbling together a remote worship service, many of you were with us from those very first days when I was in my study at home and, and Rachel was in the side room off her kitchen and I don't know where Paul was, but Paul was pulling it all together and repackaging it and, and sending it out to you. Back in those days when we were doing that, I, I came across a benediction in my head that I put to use back then, and it's still a part of our benediction today. I begin by saying, be safe, stay healthy, know that you are loved. And that's what we said for those couple two years. Be safe, 
stay healthy. Know that you are loved. For some reason, for some reason, that sentiment felt like the blessing that was needed, that we needed to hear as we waded through all of those crises and all of that uncertainty and the feeling like our loved ones might die tomorrow. How will we go on? We said to each other, know that you are loved. God uses the people around us to help us, to help us plumb the depth and to climb the heights of love, to learn how to experience love and how to express love. Think about it, our family, our friends, our congregants, they all remind us again and again that we are loved. And indeed, we can love others. Our faith rests upon that foundation of love. Palm Sunday through Easter makes that clear to us. God's love abounds and God's love prevails. And so we are bolstered when we tap into that love to be courageous in our faith. At times and at places in which we are the most challenged. Because someone has gone before us and shown us the way. So here are my candid words this morning. Be clear about it. Have a deep conviction. Set loose your hope to strengthen your fortitude that you might let love lead. Such is a courageous faith. Amen. It's not like you haven't heard enough from me already this morning, um, but I've been given the joy of, of sharing some thoughts about our mission moment, which is our community care fund. Yesterday, you will recall, I hope all of you were here yesterday, had a marvelous event on campus, Community Cares, we called it. It drew people from all over the community and provided them not only with a free breakfast, of which I had three, but also, who's counting though, Lynn Dawkins. I thought I'd get away just by 
keeping them company, but they were keeping score of how many pancakes. Anyway, drew a lot of people for a free breakfast, but also for some uh, information about some tremendous nonprofits in our community, some social service agencies that do a lot of really good things. These groups do outstanding work to help care for our vulnerable neighbors, people who are vulnerable due to food insecurity, housing difficulties, uh, being medically underinsured or non-insured, uh, not reconnecting well with society after military service, a variety of vulnerabilities. Attendees also got the opportunity to help in a concrete way with these agencies doing stuff that would be put to work right away. Even though all of that good work that we saw represented yesterday, you know, you know that there are people who find their way to our church's door seeking assistance. And at times, the, the best path is to refer them to one of these agencies. Other times, uh, that can be problematic, though, or not immediate enough, or, or not focused sufficiently enough at the particular pressing need that is given us. In these situations, we're called upon by our conscience to be of direct assistance to these folk. And at such times, I will devise an approach, many times with the counsel of those God has placed around me that particular moment in the office, <clears throat> and dispense some assistance from the church. And I do this by drawing upon our community care fund. This is a fund that we created last year for the very purpose, for the very purpose of assisting people from outside our doors in the community who come to church for help. And so our mission moment today is our community care fund. And I encourage you to give generously throughout the month of April to this fund. The, the spirit of compassion and caring that we saw so evident yesterday in our event, that continues on within our congregation in our community care fund. So please help support it in April. Many thanks. So to assist in the community care fund and all the great things our church does, um, please share in your financial resources. Um, the instructions will appear on the screen. Um, your generosity is needed to keep us going, to keep us doing the good things we do. So please give generously and be part of what happens in people's lives through the congregation of our church. Thank you.
Thank you all. Please be seated. Uh, I'm glad that um, you're able to uh, be patient with me as we run a little longer today. Although I'm reminded um, if one of those games goes into overtime, I usually don't turn it off. And when I'm at a concert, you know, if uh, that dude leaves the stage, you know, I'm kind of going, hey, can we have a little more, a little more here? So I hope in some ways, in some small little way, your heart and spirit is saying the same thing. I, I, can, I can just take another five or ten minutes of this. Communion lining up in the center and then going back on the sides. The choir will lead us if we are uncertain what lining up in the center means and going to the sides. They will model that behavior for us. Um, again, if you, if you don't want to have uh, what's handed to you here in the front, you'd rather have the more hygienic uh, prepackaged uh, there in the back and you can get that if you don't already have it. So let's, let's center our spirits and... Uh, draw close to God through this liturgy of consecration. It is right and a good thing, a joyful thing, always and everywhere to give you thanks, almighty God. In infinite love, you made us for yourself, and we are so thankful. And when we had fallen into sin, you became subject to our world in such a way that in the fullness of time, we saw in Christ Jesus your presence and your power and experienced your redemption. He emptied himself, taking the form of a servant and showed us the power of love in human life. On the night he was Delivered to suffering and death, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you eat and drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, recalling your son's suffering, death, and resurrection, and ascension, and looking for his coming and glory, we ask you to accept this, our sacrifice, of praise and thanksgiving. Send the power, Lord God, of your Holy Spirit on us, on the gifts of our offering, and on the gifts of this sacrament, that in the breaking of the bread, the drinking of the cup, the sharing of resources, we may know the presence of the living Christ among us and in our lives, that we would be renewed by his body and cleansed from sin by his blood, and serve you in unity, fidelity, and joy, now and forevermore. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. <clears throat> 
Amen. Amen.
We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this healing power of the gift of life. And we pray that in your mercy you would strengthen us through this gift in faith towards you and in fervent love towards one another. For the sake of Christ Jesus our Lord, amen. Amen. Let's sing our closing hymn. this service has been a blessing to you. Let us work with the Spirit and one another, making this a blessed day and a blessed week. Stay safe. Be healthy. Know that you are loved. Be blessed by that Spirit and be a blessing to others. Amen.
Thank you. 